Hey, it's Bob Stoffer. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to Oilers Now ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer, Weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. We return to Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Brought to you by Digitex. Office equipment solutions north and wide? Yeah, Digitex does that. D-I-G-I-T-E-X dot C-A on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. Welcome back, everybody. It is 133 in Edmonton. We've had a jam-packed edition of Oilers Now. Edmonton Oilers General Manager Ken Holland joined us. We also heard from Tyson Berry, one of the newest members of the Edmonton Oilers hockey team. It being a Tuesday as well, Mark Spector for the Horses in Horse Racing Alberta. Still to come from Puckpedia, just negotiating contact as we speak. Uh, Hart Levine. And uh, we will tell you, Royal Pizza, pizza pasta and so much more. Edmonton owned and operated for over 50 years. Royal Pizza offers curbside pickup and takeout options for a menu and a list of 13 Edmonton and area locations. Go online at royalpizza.ca or download the Royal Pizza app from the App Store. The Stoffer recommendation, Mediterranean chicken at Royal Pizza. Still making it great. Okay. Brendan, uh, you should receive a phone call here shortly. So there we go. I believe we've got Hart on the line as we speak. Hart Levine joins us right now from uh, Pockpedia. Hello, Hart. How are you doing? I'm doing well. How are you doing? Good. Thank you for taking time to join us on Oilers Now. So, look, you you fast become a, uh, a, a fan favorite uh, for uh, the listeners on Oilers Now. And uh, your website, Puckpedia, kind of deals with the realities of how the industry works and numbers and those sort of things. Why don't you tell people a little about, about it first, and then we'll get into sort of the specific moves that the Edmonton Oilers made. Okay, great. Thank you. Um, yeah, so Puckpedia has all the salary cap track information. Uh, you can see all the players' contracts. You can see uh, by team and, and all the Oilers' uh, cap space and cap hit. And the one thing that Puckpedia has um, that, no, that you won't find anywhere else is all the agent information. So you can see uh, all, all the agents ranked by all the contracts they have under management, um, and you can see all their client lists. So it's fun to go and spend some time on that and see some of the connections. Um, for example, the, the Oilers uh, dealt with the same agent on a couple of, day, uh, on a couple of deals this week. They, both Turris and Mike Smith have the same agent, Kurt Overhart. Um, so you can see those little connections. Um, 
And there's also the MyPuckpedia GM mode where you can go and have your own version of the of the website and you can make whatever transactions and, and signings you want and you can see how it impacts the cap space. So I see a lot of Euler fans on there uh, trying to figure out how to trade for Taylor Hall from Buffalo already. So you can go in there and do that. <laughs> well, that wouldn't surprise me. All right. Uh, one truism that I think it's fair to say, Hart, uh, general managers offering far less term and frankly far less money in the in the past which is not just a reflection upon the fact that the caps at 81.5 but also that there's some organizations that have an internal cap as well did we see more financially prudent management take place in the opening first two or three days of free agency this year than in past years yeah, definitely. Um, I was actually just looking at that, and just in terms of big deals, um, there were last year uh, over the first four days of free agency, there were eleven. Uh, there were eleven forwards that signed deals with cap hits of three million plus. This year, just three: Taylor Hall, Toffoli, and Craig Smith. So I think that's one little snapshot, is especially the forwards that were getting squeezed. But we saw a lot less uh, term. We also saw a lot less signing bonuses. Um, only. Uh, only a handful of guys got signing bonuses. Taylor Hall um, in the first year, uh, Brian Holtby, uh, Gustafson ended up with a small little signing bonus, and then uh, obviously Pietrangelo. Whereas last year we saw deals that were mostly signing bonus uh, heavy. So yeah, definitely a big difference. All right, from a management perspective and the dollars perspective, how would you assess the body of work for the Oilers and Ken Holland and his group? Um, well, I think getting a, a defenseman like Barry at that price point was quite uh, impressive. And and you hear the word about other offers that he had to get him in for less. I mean, there was you, you, you saw a defenseman like Justin Schultz, uh, who hasn't really put up any offense in three years, uh, signing for four million times too. So I think the Barry contract is a, a fantastic deal. Um, I think they needed a third line center, and you know, Walters isn't the typical definition of that. I think. You know, looking for some rebound and some offense is good. Um, the goalie decision is definitely one I was a little confused by. Um, you know, just wondering what competition there was for Mike Smith out there. And, you know, you'd think that there's potentially some goalies that are available by trade for at a good price or maybe with some salary retention. And if not, then what, was it Mike Smith signed for that contract there a week or two from now after you've kind of exhausted all those options? That that would be the one point that I'd make is, yeah. you know, what, was there an opportunity to circle back? Maybe Maybe all you could get was Mike Smith. Um, but um, why does it need to happen on day two when you could otherwise you could wait and see what shakes loose? Two-year terms, three point nine and three point six. Crawford uh, and I thought it was a three seven five, but it was three point nine times two years to New Jersey, and then Grice goes three point six times two years to Detroit. Smith's one year at one point five. Just as an aside, how much? If a guy theoretically, that's, you know, the order, like, Jujar Care is at 1.2 million. Like, if, if he doesn't make the team out of training camp, how much of that gets buried in the mind? Do you know what the threshold is this year? Yeah, so the threshold is 1.075 million. Um, it's, it's tied to the league minimum. So next year, actually, the league minimum salary goes up to 750. So yep. the bearing threshold will go up to 1.125 million. So yeah, this uh, year it's 1.075. So if a guy like Kara gets sent down, um, they would they would just have a $125,000 cap hit. All right, so let's just say hypothetically Alan Quine beats Kerr out for a spot on the team, and he's 750 k then the Oilers would actually be saving money. Uh, they'd be at 
uh, $875,000 uh, yep. on the cap instead of $1.2 million. So they'd be saving a little bit of money in that situation. So that's one way to look at it. Uh, so the goaltender market was what it was. Uh, defense was interesting. I mean, you had the, the the deal at you know 3.9 million for Shattenkirk going to Anaheim. Were you? Let, uh, I know you're down in Southern California. Did you hear that the the Ducks weren't on Tyson Berry as well? Yeah, I had been hearing that. Um, I, I think it was Frank Valley reported he had offered six million, and I was I, w- I was hearing that the Ducks were a team that was heavily interested in him um, to kind of connect those dots. So I think he had some offers, but I think it's you know I, I think it's one of those things. Put up a lot of points, see what the market's like next year, and then the other thing we didn't talk about yet with the contracts is. We saw almost all the money in, in multi-year contracts pushed out of this first year because in this first year, not only is there the 20% escrow, there's also the one-time 10% salary deferral, which is basically the players giving the owners a loan um, on their contracts. So we saw a lot of money getting pushed out of the first year. So, again, a guy like uh, Tyson Berry, you know, take a little bit this year, sign a new deal next year when you don't have that 10% deferral. Yeah, uh, and so Taurus's deal is structured that way, is it not? Where more money's in the second year than the first year? Yeah, um, I think when I looked at it, there was about 28 um, multi-year deals of a million dollars or more, and 21 of them, uh, the first year was the lowest compensation out of any year. Um, and, and three deals, including Taurus, were actually the max that a deal could be backloaded. Uh, Taurus was one of them. So um, the basically the max that can be backloaded is uh, the, the, it can double between the first and the second year, and that's what Turris did. So Turris is one point one million this year, two point two million in twenty one twenty two. There's your there's your double amount, and uh, and, and away we go. We're joined right now by. Uh, Hart Levine from Puckpedia. Bob Stoffer with you on Oilers now. Hart, have you figured out what would be the best? Because we're getting this text message coming in on our Ashley Fine Floors text line. What would be the best approach for the Oilers to deploy the maximum amount, to get the maximum benefit out of a potential LTIR? Ken Holland saying on the show um, about an hour ago that the Edmonton Oilers are basically planning as though they won't have cleft bomb for next season. Um you know how how much first of all how much cap space do they have right now and can they get to a point where they'd have Clefbaum on the books and not into LTIR before I don't even know how that works so can you kind of explain that whole scenario to our listeners Sure. Uh, so, yeah, a lot to unpack there. So, first, I have them at projected 736000 of cap space, but they still need to sign Bear and probably Lageson, Um and that would put them at 23 on the roster. Obviously, they could go less than that. Um, so, then LTIR. So, there's two ways to maximize the amount of your LTIR. Um, so, again, LTIR, long-term injury reserve, it allows you to exceed the cap. It doesn't. The guy doesn't come off the cap, but it allows you to exceed the cap. And so, Clefbaum had a 4.167 uh, cap it. So, the way to turn almost all of that into an LTIR pool, LTIR pool, there's two ways. One is, on opening day, be just below the cap. Uh, because if you can be cap compliant on opening day without using LTIR, then the pool is just cap hit minus that cap space. So we saw this a couple of years ago with Secra. They made some moves. I think it was Jones got sent down uh, or Bear 
got sent down on that day just for on a paper transaction yep. and they got within a few thousand of the cap and so almost all so, so just that few thousand comes off so if they can make some moves and we can talk about that in a second but if they can make some moves and get just under 81.5 million without using LTIR um, on opening day submit that roster then they can put club on on LTIR and have almost his entire 4.1 million um, as an LTIR pool that they can use to go over the cap by that amount. The other option is um, to be over the cap by almost his full 4.16 on opening day. Because if you're not able to be cap compliant on opening day without using LTIR, the LTIR pool is just how much you're over the cap. So there's kind of a no man's land. If you're over the cap, let's say on opening day, they're only Two and a half million over the cap, and they can't. They don't make any other moves. Then that their LTIR pool is just that two and a half. Um, so that's kind of the worst place to be with LTIR. You don't want to be um, on opening day using some of some of it and not all of it. So that's why you saw a team like Toronto a couple of years ago or last year, sorry, to make it all work. They traded for Clarkson, who was also also on LTIR, because then that would push them way over the cap and it would allow them to to get that full pool out of the players that they they had that were hurt. So again, for the Oilers, like they they don't want to be if they're only two million over the cap on opening day, then their um, then their pool is only going to be that two million. They won't get the full maximum. So again, two options: they can make some moves to get right under, or they can make some moves to get about four you know it's close to club on 4.16 over as possible and 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 submit that opening day roster with him on ltr and then that would be their pool going forward so hopefully we didn't put anyone to sleep with that no it's just it's a little bit i guess where i'm going with this is in cleft bombs case like you heard ken holland say we're planning on him not being here and that was part of the challenges when was sekra going to come back a couple of years ago when he had those injuries in 2017 uh at the start of the 17 18 season because i was in germany with the team and bear was with us at that time and he got moved up and then or sent down and moved back up so theoretically in a perfect world it's probably a little bit better if they include cleft bombs contract and and come in cap compliant just under one uh, just under the 81.5 that is what you're suggesting you know because and then once and you just have to do that from opening day is that correct and then one and then at what point can you make the changes, then move Clefbaum to LTIR and get the additional 4.1 cap space. When does that occur? Yeah, so that so that would be yeah, one way, is get just under 81.5 on opening day, submit your opening day roster with him, not on LTIR, and then as soon as that's submitted, you, you make all your moves and place them on LTIR. So it's basically one day of, for cap purposes, one day with that roster, and then the very next day, um, you can make your moves and undo it all. And in, in practice, so a lot of teams do that. It's not like the, a player has to get sent down. It's, yeah, that opening day uh, submission is before the first game's played. So um, it really wouldn't impact the, the roster just on paper. But one of the challenges the Oilers have is the only waiver event guy that you think is going to make the team um, potentially to start with is Yamamoto. So he's an easy one to send down. But I, I have them at... 736,000 over the cap right now. If they sign Bear and Lajeson, let's say, you know, three, three and a half million, sending uh, Yamamoto down isn't going to get them under the cap. So they'd have to send a waiver eligible guy down, um, maybe a couple of them uh, to make it work. Like you mentioned, a Kara, maybe a Russell, 
of, of Patrick Russell. Maybe even have get Mike Smith to agree to go down for that first day just to make the numbers work. I mean, it does get kind of messy, especially since they don't have that many uh, waiver exam guys. Again, the other option is they could make some more signings, and they could oh, their opening day roster could be like four million over the cap with Club Almond and LTIR, and then their pool will be that four million. Do you need cert? Is it easier to do for teams? You think if they have certainty, like the Maple Leafs had uh, Horton and Clarkson, they had certainty that those guys weren't playing, and that allowed them to go over. Like they knew there, there was no chance they were going to return and play to the club at any point. Is that relevant in this conversation? It's really relevant because it's it's really hard if you don't know when the guy's coming back. Because um, so you can have your LTIR pool, LTIR pool when the guy is hurt and when he's out. Um, and you can, you know, you can use that space, but to activate him off of LTIR, you have to get your roster back cap compliant for that day. So you have to take the snapshot of your roster on that day, and that day's uh, roster has to be under the cap. You saw that when Sekiro was coming back a couple of years ago. That's why they, that's the main reason why they traded Talbot. That was the only way they were going to be able to get back under to activate him. So when really using LTIR for a guy that you think is going to be only a part of the year, you should really only teams can really only use it for, you know, like maybe a million, million and a half, right. um, like to, to carry some extra guys. So, much, so that when he's healthy, you just have to send a couple of your kind of extra bodies down and you'll be back under. But it's, it's almost impossible for a team to use several million um, with a guy coming back part of the year because they'd, they'd have to make some trades um, uh, otherwise. So it'd be like impossible to just do it by sending guys down. So yeah, the certainty is, is really, really helpful. Um, if you know he's out and you can plan for that, you don't have to worry about, oh, like what's going to happen mid-season if, we, if he comes back and we're going to have to clear a couple million off, off our books, which is really hard to do during the year. Yeah, you mentioned uh, three and a half million, three to three and a half million for for Bear and uh, Lagason. Well, look, obviously Lagason's probably looking at a one or two year deal, and it that's going to be a number less than one. So in Bear's case, you're thinking there might be a possibility that they might do a bridge deal instead of just doing the because he doesn't have any arb rights. He might be going down the Anthony D'Angelo route where he gets one million for a year. And, you know, judging by your range that you're given, you think it's a possibility that they might actually bridge him? I mean, uh, yes, he could sign for one year, one million, but he, that, he, he has a choice. He doesn't have to sign a contract. And if you look at the minutes that he played and his contribution to the team, I would be really surprised if he uh, take a contract for that low. One of the things, like with D'Angelo, he's closer to UFA status, so he's trying to just get a contract in, put up another uh, big season, and you know now. now well, he did one year from and, UFA. Yeah. He did, and now so, he's got the Rangers by you know what. And conversely, exactly. in, Bear, yeah, in Bears' case, it's gonna like. And again, they value him. I'm gonna be really in, uh, intrigued to see. You know, is there a two or three year bridge? I mean, they bridged they bridged Nurse now twice. So I wonder whether or not they bridge uh, Ethan Bear a couple well, times. Go ahead. And I think I think Nurse is a perfect example. If you look, um, you know, Nurse had more games played when he signed his first bridge for 3.2. But if you look at the minutes, um, points per game, all those stats, 
uh, Bears season was pretty similar to Nurse's season right before that $3.2 million uh, two-year deal. And same with, and if you remember, Nurse and uh, Josh Morrissey basically had kind of the same numbers and stats. Yeah. And, they, and I think Morrissey was two times 3.15. They signed a day apart. So I, I would think that's what Bears are looking at. It on a, I, I just don't see why on a two-year deal he's like less than $3 million when there's a couple of really good example contracts. And that, now maybe, again, with the changing landscape, we saw prices go down a little little bit um you know you can there's some room but i just i just don't see uh you know i know a lot of fans are talking about like a one million dollar deal like again he doesn't have arm rights but he doesn't have to sign the contract okay uh heart how do people check out the website again puckpedia.com and uh follow us on twitter at puckpedia um i'm put out a lot but the tweet per minute uh, rate is pretty high this time of year so there's uh lots of news going out and uh yeah you can check it out and then the one piece i didn't mention also if you look on the player dashboard you can see the list of uh unrestricted free agents and restricted free agents so you can also see what's left to do some bargain shopping awesome stuff Hart. thanks for taking time to join us thanks appreciate it you bet. That's Hart Levine from Puckpedia. It's 151. Uh, We're going to take a timeout. You're listening to Oilers now. Hi, this is Mike Smith from your Edmonton Oilers, and you're listening to Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer on 630 Chet. Now, Hart said something interesting there. He said, you know what? Bear doesn't have to sign if he got one year at $1 million. That's interesting. Um, hmm. Didn't really think a lot, but we'll wait and see what happens here. I mean, everybody likes Ethan Bear. He's going to be an intriguing player for the Oilers organization carrying forward. This is Oilers Now. It's 153 in Edmonton, and we are going to go all the way. We've had a busy, busy show. We had Tyson Berry on the show at 12.15, Ken Holland at 12.35, Mark Spector for the Horses and Horse Racing Alberta at 105, Hart Levine from Puckpedia at 135. We now head off to our Oilers Now audio vault brought to you by Direct Workwear, where safety meets savings in Edmonton. Ford McMurray online at uh, directworkwear.com. We're going to get to Ken Holland, or sorry, uh, this is Mike Smith. Mike Smith on Ken Holland, bringing him back after shopping for an upgrade in goal. Well, I think Ken's just doing his job. I think, you know, I think, you know, there's there's other goalies available. There was, I think there was, you know, 20 or 30 options out there for the net. So I think there's a lot of goalies and not a lot of spots to fill. So, there's going to be a lot of movement in uh, in this position, kind of an, a weird year for for that. But I think at you know at my age and my experience, you just got to be patient, and everything uh, works out for you know for the better. If uh, you know if you you be you be patient, and and uh, you know things have. So I'm not really worried about what's what's happened up to this point. I'm I'm super excited to be back with Edmonton. And, and uh, in the great organization that they have. And, and uh, to be honest, I, I could care less what had transpired up to this point. I'm just thrilled to be back. There you go. That is Mike Smith. And again, we had Ken Holland to open the show. And, uh, you know, changing landscapes, changing times, and Oilers with an incredible amount of financial flexibility for the 2021-22 season. And certainly nothing over the last four years in terms of long-term deals that you might uh, come back and uh, uh, later regret. I do think that in the 21 off season, 
in the opening day, opening couple days of free agency, would not surprise me if the Oilers targeted a, a difference maker as a top six forward. Look to add another guy. They don't have the money to do it right now. They might have. They've got a lot of young defensemen that they're transitioning in here, and they might be able to take some of the money that they're paying on defense and move it up front to forward as well. This day in Oilers history, I was out in uh, the county of Strathcona on the acreage in Fultonville watching the Oilers' first televised game at home in the National Hockey League. They were on Hockey Night in Canada. Here's Brendan Escott. Yeah, and they played to a 3-3 tie with the Detroit Red Wings with Jim Robson on the play-by-play call. Great play-by-play guy. I know a lot of you associate him with Vancouver, but I always thought Jim Robson was uh, a particularly good play-by-play voice and always said a special hello to all the shut-ins out there. So, uh, uh, great guy uh, nonetheless. We had a busy show. Brendan, thanks for your assistance in coordinating everything again. I'd like to thank our guests, Oilers General Manager Ken Holland, Tyson Berry, Mark Spector for the horses in horse racing Alberta, as well as Hart Levine from Puckpedia. Uh, Tomorrow, from the NHL Network, Brian Lawton. From the Cult of Hockey, David Staples. Our NHL insider, John Shannon. Up next, a global news weather traffic update with Eileen Bell, followed by the 6.30 Chet Afternoons with Jaylen and I. Have a terrific Tuesday, everybody. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad.